Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox postgame show. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. We are coming to you live from the whistle on 95th Street and Cicero after a White Sox winner. 3-2 in Houston, the season opener of 2023. Pedro Grifol gets his first win as White Sox manager. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore. Anderson, you can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. We got over 150 or so people already watching live, so make sure you are hitting that like button. We've had about 40 people or so live here at the whistle. It's been a blast. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, shout out to Jose Luis in the chat. We gave away him a t-shirt uh, earlier in the pregame. Said CHGO bringing the good fortunes. White Sox win one to nothing. And you no, mentioned they won three to two. Oh, they won three yeah. to two. They are now one in oh. <laughs> That's correct. On the year. There we go. Uh, you <laughs> predicted one to nothing, but an Astros win. I did. Um, we mentioned in the worst case scenario, the Sox could go in 62. So best scenario. 162 and oh, here we go. That's the best case Game scenario one. right there. Game yeah. One. Hey, I'll tell you what. Uh, listen, we, we talked about how, you know, you can't really throw out that measuring stick word here in the first game of the season. But boy, did Dylan Cease look good against what we assume is going to be one of the best lineups in baseball this year. And uh, some some clutch hitting from a lineup that uh, looks a little too reminiscent of last year at times early in this game in terms of leaving guys on base, not coming through with runners in scoring position. But when it mattered the most, they did do it. And uh, hey, Sean. Yasmani Grandal bounce back hey. season. It might be uh, it might be in the offing as he hit uh, the biggest home run of the game. But the only home run of the game well, oh, before no, you were on Alvarez yeah, hit one to Sox Oklahoma. But yeah, <laughs> I just shocked by the White Sox. We were seeing exactly what they did last year: bunch of singles, bunch of guys left on base, and I was like, same old story, same as it ever was. But this team, and I know it's just opening day, came through. When it looked bleak, you see the Yoan Moncada getting thrown out at third base, and then Yasmani Grandal picking him up immediately with a rocket home run that he hit. And I told you, Sean, my guy Yasmani Grandal is back. Hey. I mean, what can we say? I mean, <laughs> the star of this game is not any of those players. It's Dylan motherfucking Cease. That man showed the Houston Astros that he's the best pitcher in the American League, bar none. I don't care what Dylan or the Garrett Cole did today. He went up and down that lineup and made them look silly all day long. Dylan Cease is the player of the game. He was unbelievable. He was he looked so good. I mean, he looked like the best night of last year. He looked like that tonight. The way his stuff looked, the way he was just overpowering. I mean, these guys are not just hitters. These are the Houston Astros, the reigning champions. I mean, you saw what Jordan Alvarez did to that baseball. Ooh, Jesus uh, Christ. The 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 Astros are the Astros for a reason, and Dylan Cease uh, was Dylan Cease against them. He looked uh, as good as he did at any point last year and really gave you um, perhaps a preview of him staying on top of the power rankings when it comes to starting pitchers in the American League. Yeah, he looked incredible. We'll get to him in a second. We'll get to Yasmani Grandal. We'll get to Andrew Vaughn. We'll get to uh, our guy Baloney playing Tusk in the oh, ninth inning. Guys, starting the comeback. We've got a theme song <laughs> for the season, I think. Ugh. And I've been telling you about it. I'd um, rather not. I'd oh, rather them lose. It's sweeping the south side, Herb. <laughs> you can't stop it. Uh, we wanted to give huge thank yous uh, first off to the whistle for having us. Absolutely. It's been a fantastic, fantastic event to start opening day. Uh, thank you to Goose Island as well for uh, being out here supporting us. Our guy Alan, uh, Goose Island rep and uh, the Southside beer supplier for uh, all these bars. Uh, he did a great job setting up this event, picking the whistle. So we want to give a huge shout out to them. We also do have a brand new T-shirt out on the CHGO locker. Uh, it's always sunny on the south side. The vibes are immaculate on the back. You can go over to chgolocker.com and buy your shirt. Because, again, the White Sox are 1-0. and oh. uh, We bring up the runners in scoring position stat, 1 for 10. But let's get to the Osmani Grandal thing. I said, even throughout that first game, ah, you know, he doesn't look that good. He doesn't look that good. Uh, he had exit velocities of like 86, 81, and then 59. And then here comes 107. You see the bat drop deep to left, a right center field. Is Yasmani Grandal back? Well, here's the thing, <laughs> guys. I, I don't know what else you're expecting from Yasmani Grandal. He's not on the team 
to turn, you know, to turn in some hustle doubles, right? He's not on the team to beat out infield singles. He's on the team to hit home runs like he hit uh, earlier tonight. And he's on the team to walk, which he didn't do earlier today. But uh, he did show that power. He is on the team because he has he is very good in two very important offensive categories, not to mention the fact that he can switch hit. But uh, he did what he needed to do tonight. You know, you can have a game from Yasmani where he doesn't look impressive for three at-bats if in the fourth at-bat he's going to hit a game-tying home run. (laughs) This is a guy who can do that, who has that club in the bag, to use Steven Nicholas, our producer's favorite golf lingo there. Uh, Listen, I I think Yasmani Grandal's primed for a big bounce-back season, but as his, as Yasmani Grandal, on his terms, right? And his terms are power, on base, and doing a good job behind the plate, which obviously we had the Aaron Bummer uh, wild pitch, Mm -hmm. but... I like what ESPN did in showing the uh, previous pitches from Dylan Cease all night that Yasmani Grandal was getting in front of and was uh, was blocking. I mean, defense and what he's been able to do behind the plate. Big question mark this season. He answered it okay today, to be quite honest with you, but that home run, that's what he's being paid to do. That's what's going to determine whether he has that bounce-back season or not. And just to know, like, it was two outs when he did that. It mm-hmm. was one count, and... He had just saw a fastball, and he's like, okay, I got it. I got it timed up. And we were all just sitting here like, okay, Yasmani, can you do it? Can you just sit on one and just drive it? The next pitch, murdered that pitch. That's the guy that I saw in 2021. Looks healthy. I know the inning before, or the half inning before, he really didn't get down on that pitch to block the ball where the run scored for the Houston Astros. So we kind of blamed him for that run. Rightfully, but. rightfully ruled a wild pitch, though, I think. Definitely. I mean, I think uh, because I, I think what was, it might not have been the very next pitch, but one of the very next pitches, Aaron Bummer threw the exact same pitch. He just didn't spike it this time. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it looked much better. It looked much different. So if Aaron Bummer executes that pitch, we're not talking about Yasmani Grandal. Yeah, and it goes through the the first bat, what is his name, Myers. It goes through his legs pretty much. It doesn't hit his front foot and goes through his legs and takes a weird hop. So, yeah, it's kind of tough to get that ball, but if base is loaded, you have to stop that ball. Even though he calls that pitch, it's called a wild pitch. Yasmani Grandal says, okay, that was on me. Here comes a home run. And that's the, the key point, the pivotal point, where last year the White Sox just go meekly and lose this game one to nothing. This year, I know it's the first game but it feels different. It feels better. You're beating the damn reigning champions in their home while they're putting out big-ass banners and big-ass flags. <laughs> you give them the middle finger to all these people, especially Jose Abreu. Yeah, and that's oh. huge from Yasmani. 107 miles per hour off the bat, a massive home run from him. You mentioned Jose Abreu, and you even get a little bit of an, oh, right there, what do we make of Jose in the chains, in the gold Houston Astros uniform, first time in a non-White Sox uniform in an MLB game? It's funny. I'm sure, uh, you know, I... I White Sox fans might have been sweating that uh, that Reynaldo Lopez at bat mm-hmm. a little much to realize it, but wow, could you have scripted that any better? No, Jose Abreu after Alvarez pulverizes that that pitch from Lopez, it's Lopez versus Abreu, and my, with a you know one run game, the game is on the line. And wow, what what a classic Abreu at bat too! All those foul balls he's he's fouling off. Reynaldo comes out of the pen throwing up triple digits, <laughs> and and Abreu has a, a phenomenal at bat. Lopez wins the battle, of course, but man, that's what you want to see. We talked about in the uh, in the World Baseball Classic. Man, all I want to see with the game on the line is Otani versus Trout. Hey, what we saw tonight <laughs> was the White Sox versus Abreu with the game on the line. I think that's we're we're getting what we want here in terms of uh, some dramatic final moments. Well, and two, I just want to bring up in that Abreu at bat, ten pitches plus, yep. and one of the parts, the pitch clock which we didn't see a ton of, you know, new rules kind of come in play. Uh, the shifts seem to be uh, something to pick up on, just a lot of ground balls and a lot of balls hit directly at the shortstop or second baseman, uh, but even a, a couple of sneaking up the middle. But the one time where we kind of saw the new rules coming in, in that Reynaldo Lopez, Jose Abreu at bat, uh, it starts getting down to like three or four. Raylo and Grandal can't decide on the pitch. Grandal calls a timeout. They reset have a little mound meeting, and then they're able to go after Abreu. So, um, again, more credit to Yasmani, and we kind of see the pitch clock, you know, causing a little bit of pressure there. Yeah, and I think uh, our guy Jimbo or Brandon Stokes had said, like, you know, he on the pitch before was like at 99 miles per hour, where he's consistently at 100 that whole inning. And giving him a blow there with Ethan Katz coming out talking to him gives him another chance to throw in triple digits. And so getting outs like he got at the end of the game with uh, Diaz. But 
what I want to focus on is that Yasma, I mean, the um, Raylo at bat versus um, Alvarez. He throws him a fastball pretty much low and in, first pitch, 100 miles per hour. I don't understand why you throw a slider in that same location. You just sped up his bat. Like, it's 100 miles per hour. Now you're throwing a 91-mile-per-hour slider. No wonder he murdered that ball. I mean, you put it in the same spot. I just need him and Yasmani to understand that's a champion-ass pitcher or a hitter up there. You need to do your sequence and understand that they can't catch up with your 100. If he hits your 100 and he hits it that same way, you're like, okay, tip the cap. But to throw a slider in that spot, it was the wrong pitch, but eventually he got out of it, got his first save this year. It was good to see after that he bear it down and buckle down and got the job done. Well, a lot will be made over the fact that it was the ninth inning in which Reynaldo pitched tonight. But I think more importantly, look where they were in the batting order because that's what Pedro Grafol told oh, yeah. us to look for. Two, three, four, Bregman, Alvarez, Abreu are the guys who yeah. are due up in that ninth inning. Obviously, if you're the Astros, you, that's the way you'd want to script it, right, in a, in, a, in a close game like that. But let's say that that was who was due up in the eighth inning in a similar situation. I think we see Lopez in the eighth inning. And so it, it more so maybe than is Raylo the closer, it's more is Raylo the go-to guy? Is Raylo the number one option in the White Sox bullpen? Uh, we saw Kendall Graveman come in uh, in the previous inning, but again, to face the bottom mm -hmm. of the batting order. So uh, I think more important, then the fact that it was the ninth inning is that those were the three best hitters in the Houston lineup uh, that, that Lopez was tasked with facing, and that's who Grafol went to when he could have gone with Joe Kelly as well. But, but another thing, too, I believe Lopez was warming up prior yeah. to, uh, to the White Sox taking the lead when the game was still tied. If that's the situation, again, it just goes to show you that part of the order, not necessarily the, the save situation, the classic thing you're looking for from a closer. Were you guys surprised that he went with the player, the pitchers that he did in those sequences with Bummer when he came out for Cease, Graveman when he came in, and Lopez? I was kind of surprised that he went with Lopez for the save right there. Um, I know that Graveman had just pitched the full inning there. I was thinking more Joe Kelly, but I know that you're Rolando Lopez closer of the year. Yeah, I was, I was pro right now, the Lopez coming in there. Um, and two, you know, Dylan gets in a little bit of trouble in the seventh there. Uh, he does get Bregman striking out swinging, and we feel like he's going to be able to mow through it. But then he hits Alvarez with a pitch, and then Abreu single to left, and then Bummer comes in. Uh, they really wanted him to face Tucker. That was the main thing, and he ends up walking Tucker. Uh, but he looked nasty against Diaz, and then obviously Alvarez comes up, and there's the uh, – or, uh, sorry uh, – I think uh, Myers came up for Diaz ended up coming up and that's the, the wild pitch play. Yeah. Um, but even then bummer, six swings, five whiffs. So I understand the wild pitch is there, but he's kind of that guy. He's going to be all over the place. He's not going to throw a lot of pitches in the zone, but it, a lot of his pitches just seem like they're going to be in the zone and they dart out. So, I mean, still big swing and miss guy going after, especially when Tucker's in that moment. Uh, I understand why they go to bummer. If they went to Deacon. the ninth with a chance to take that lead so i understand going to graveman there in the eighth uh because you could either go kelly or raylo um and i, I was fine with the decision the way that uh, pedro Grafal managed the, the bullpen even when he took out cease yeah and i think that we we're talking about mike zanino yesterday how he's a bad blocking catcher one of the worst in baseball who was worse last year yes monte grandal so i don't know it looked a little you know shaky in that ninth inning too we kind of backhand the one that was got away from him from raylo so his workout's been working, but I need him just to, to be better. Be better because if he's going to throw that pitch and he's going to call that pitch, runs like that are going to be costly, and especially when uh, Dylan Cease is out there battling. And Bummer's going to be throwing balls from dirt. I need him to be better than that or get replaced. Yeah, well, we'll see. I, I think he's still got a, a decent Late amount in. of leeway, and he's also coming back from injuries, so he might not still be at 100%. And it's been, you know, first game action for all these guys. Uh, Ray Lowe, just to mention him, though, uh, he's up one and a half, uh, one and a half miles per hour on his fastball, two and a half, two point seven miles per hour on his slider uh, and five point two miles per hour on his changeup. He only threw one. So that's a small sample size. But uh, he is gaining uh, velocity. And we know that he went to driveline to gain more velocity. We got a ton of super chats. We have three hundred and fifty people watching in the live chat. Closing in on 100 likes as well. Thank you to everybody for being here live at The Whistle as well to support us. Uh, I got John Frolick is also in the chat uh, who dropped off pizza. pizzas yeah. from uh, Nona's. That was awesome. Love that. Uh, our guy Jaxo back with a $20 super chat. 
the White Sox win their first game of the season, and Vaughn came in in the clutch. We'll talk about it. I'm very excited to talk about my guy, uh, <laughs> Andrew Vaughn. Cold Taco 97 said a shot for Sean, a $10 super chat. I'm not taking shots on, on camera. My mom, I don't know, will be super thrilled with me. I got the family here. You know, I got to represent. We're uh, at Sean's graduation party if <laughs> you missed the pregame show. I'm not 21 yet. Uh, Cold Taco also following up with a shot for her, a $10 super chat. Uh, Carrie Cortez with a $5 super chat saying hit that like button. Go Sox. Love the support. Uh, got a shot for Vinny as well. I'll, I'll, say the only Taco. Could do I'll take out Vinny. I'll take the beer probably, but yeah. <laughs> and our guy, uh, Ellie Stein, uh, over in Israel, supporting Excellent. us uh, with the White Sox first win with a $10 super chat. We appreciate all of that. Steven, if I missed any, let me know. Uh, but I feel like I got all the super chats. Get Kerry we, Cortez. we got one more right here. We got uh, Jay Hunter. He said, win or lose, you guys are the best. Nice hey. to win today, though. Go Sox. Thank you, Jay Hunter. We appreciate it. We're going to let you know about some great sponsors here, and then we'll get into Andrew Vaughn. We'll get into a little bit more of Dylan Cease's performance. Again, White Sox win. Three to two in the opening day of 2023. We want to let you know about our friends over at Rotowire. It is baseball season. Get your latest fantasy baseball news from Rotowire, a pioneer of the fantasy sport of the fantasy sports genre for over 25 years. They offer clean sheets, custom player rankings to fit all leagues. My guy Brad has Yasmani Grandal in a, a fantasy league, and he was rewarded with a huge home run today. And you can let all of their experts and anal analyze all those wild baseball stats for you. I'll be throwing out. Uh, called strike plus whiff rate uh, all these whiff rates later uh, they have a ton of experts that will analyze those wild baseball stats for you they have the ask the expert function and premium fantasy draft kits and access to great sports betting articles and we brought this up on our preview show they said take the white Sox over 82 and a half wins win number one here we go someone <laughs> was 82 away someone was reading this uh chgo uh, predictions that we yes, put out and, and saw a uh, saw the nice uh win total that uh, some of us predicted for them which was over that number Mercy. as you said uh for a limited time only rotowire is offering you a free two-day trial to our listeners so just go to rotowire.com chgo to register no commitments they're so confident that you'll like their product and want to invest in a subscription plan that they don't even ask for a credit card up front so take a peek behind the paywall and when your trial is done you can decide if a rotowire package is right for you again rotowire.com slash chgo for your two free day trial uh who in here has comment hey yeah. arousing support for comment got it. everybody's got it <laughs> the comment energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future comment offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial industrial and public sector customers of all sizes across our territories and customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money saving efficient led lights learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facilities energy usage and more sensitive recently increased for indoor outdoor lighting and network lighting controls making these projects even more cost effective than before so visit combat.com slash powering biz that's combat.com slash powering biz now to start saving money and energy uh all but aloy jimenez had a hit for the white Sox in their lineup even oscar colas first hit 109 off the bat he comes in for romy gonzalez who even had a hit as well what do we make of the lineup again a lot of singles not a lot of walks some strikeouts from andrew vaughn but they were able to come through in the eighth and ninth, which hey, you can't complain. I like the offense, but I don't like the execution. What when we needed a hit in the air, we didn't get one initially. Then the Alessandras play, like I don't necessarily blame him. It's more the contact play. The ball's hit right to Bregman. There's really nothing he can do there. Either getting a rundown so he doesn't get to a double play, or just go back to third and get tagged out, and maybe he throws the ball to first and get Timmy out. So. He did the right play there, but I like the offense. I just need a little bit more heads-up baseball, understanding what the pitcher is trying to do to that player in that position. And like Andrew Vaughn, for all the good hit, the good hit he had in the what, eighth inning, ninth inning, lost before that, just totally lost. So he got lucky where he was down 0-2, and the pitcher hit him in the leg, so he got to go to first. But he came up clutch when it needed, when he when it was needed. I mean, a fastball down the middle, mm -hmm. Ryan Presley. Hmm? Okay. Are you watching the game, Ryan? Mistake. Yeah. You you seen Andrew Swings today? Right down, middle, middle? Cool. All right, then. And you know what? Colson Montgomery, if he was playing shortstop for the Astros there, that might have been an out because uh, <laughs> that, that ball didn't clear the shortstop because it didn't clear Jeremy Pena by much. But, you know, maybe a, maybe a really tall shortstop like uh, Colson Montgomery would have hauled that in. But, uh, listen, I think the thing that – folks probably saw the most that reminded them of last year 
a lot of swinging. The White Sox were swinging at everything, especially in the middle part of the game there. And it was working in some situations, right? They did load the bases a couple of times. They they, they had a lot of base runners, but it was that kind of look that, that led to a lot of those guys being stranded in, in some situations. You talk about the, the play with Andres going home, right? Swinging right away, just swinging. Um, I'm not ready to say that that's like reflective of them not changing when they should have or something like that. Perhaps the game plan against Framber Valdez was just to to be aggressive and, and to to make it happen. I, I, I tried to explain, you know, throughout last season too that being aggressive is sometimes just the strategy and it can work for a team. Um, but throughout the game tonight, it wasn't working very well. Uh, and then at the end, obviously, you got the big hits when you needed them. But uh, you know, you're going to look at the, the box score and you're going to see a uh, a very poor number with runners in scoring position. You're going to see a lot of runners left on base. Uh, but, hey, I'll say this. They made a guy, a potential Cy Young candidate in Framber Valdez, look a lot worse than the Astros yes, made Dylan Cease look. That's for sure, because Dylan Cease was dominating that lineup. I'm not sure Framber Valdez could say the same thing. He was pitching well, but they were making life really hard for him, and he was out of there after five innings. And guess what? Framber Valdez, no quality start. So that's a that's a win. Yeah, a win is a win. Absolutely, and and you'll take wins where you can. Uh, White Sox only walked once in the game, and it was Tim Anderson. And it was uh, it was Tim Anderson <laughs> of all people. Uh, didn't that lead to a run? Yeah, and then it led to Andrew Vaughn coming up and, and driving in that run. Uh, hey, batting third. I know you, you mentioned the ugly swings, twenty whiffs for the White Sox in total against the Astros, but batting third. You want him to come up clutch, and I heard something. You know, Andrew or, uh, Jose Abreu has a, a oh, 300 uh, a batting average with runners in scoring position and two outs. So Vaughn, when you needed him to, comes up huge. And against Ryan Presley, uh, it's, it's no uh, joke right there. Even uh, Grandal hitting that homer off Montero, who's a 34 and a half million dollar reliever. Like they went out against the World Series champions, and and you know it wasn't pretty, but they got the win. Well, I think probably too. Even all the way down in Houston, Andrew Vaughn probably heard a few faint notes of Fleetwood Max Tusk and was just like, "All right, here we go." Has time to, to go. Um, <laughs> he heard it before the game and then turned it off and actually executed in the ninth. <laughs> uh, I want to get to you, you on real quick before we stop talking about the pitcher, uh, the hitters, and we'll get to uh, the, uh, the the Dylan Cease performance because again, uh, a lot of people asking, can he win the Cy Young after a performance like this? We saw how dominant he was all throughout uh, mid twenty twenty two, and he finished second in Cy Young against the Tigers and Royals. Uh, but Yoan hits a ball. Goes through Jose Abreu's like uh, put down as an error. Goes all the way into right field. Yoan tries to stretch it all the way to third, and it's a close play in the eighth Very inning. Very close play. Were you surprised yeah. that they didn't challenge? No, and and I think here's why. You got a very close game uh, at that point. It's one to nothing, I believe, right? Uh, yep. You've got a very close game, a very close score late, but the game's not over. And so you you could very well envision yourself being in a situation where you're going to need that need to to hold on to that that challenge, right? So strategically, I don't think it was a bad idea. But also, you got to remember you're you're watching at home, right? And you and you go, well, he might have been out, but what's the harm? Kind of thing. Well, first of all. The coaches know what they're doing, yep. and if the coaches are watching it, and the replay, if uh, the replay staff for the team is watching it, and they go, "We see that he's out," what well, they're not going to be like, "Oh yeah, it's definitely you know, it, oh let's roll the dice on this," because B, the uh, video replay staff back in New York know what it's doing as well, and if they look at it and they say, "Oh yeah, he's out," you're the odds of this whole like, "Oh well, what's the harm? Maybe it'll go their way," kind of thing. I don't think are as good as some people might think it is sitting at home and watching that. You got to remember that these guys basically train the same way that the players are training uh, for the season for these. To give Jose a little break, it was 105 miles per hour to the bat from Jose. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kata. Like it went, I'm looking at the play. It was a, uh, just didn't skip up. It took a bad hop. Air on Jose Abreu. But also, I was like 10, maybe, when my coach said, don't make the first or third out at third base. <laughs> Especially a one-run game. Be cool at second. I know all of us here at Whistle Sports are like, go third, go three. And, yes, usually you want to make the other team execute the plays, but that's the Houston Astros. Tucker, perfect it's a throw. Beautiful play. Dubon, beautiful I believe, play. and out by, I think, on the replay, he was out. I think also in the eighth inning, I don't know if the rules have changed, there's a no consequence right there. You could just ask the umpire, hey, sure. go and check that out and see what we are, we're all about. 
But ultimately, when you see the replay slowed down, he looks like he hits him in the chest right before Yoan reaches third base. But that's an error on Yoan. That can't happen. Those are the type of plays that make you a loser, usually. You can't have that I, type of dumb do you know who's playing right there. Faulted is it? Joe McEwing. That's true. So there you go. But here's the thing. I will, I, will, I will bring this up. It's a fine line because you just said you just said what you were thinking in the moment. Man, I want him to take that extra base, yep. right? So it is a very fine line between you saying, why doesn't my team ever try like the Cleveland Guardians do? Why aren't they hustling? Why aren't they going to third base every time they can? And oh, it's yeah. a, and versus, oh, my God, I can't believe he ran into an out at third base. What a boneheaded mistake. What a fine line that is. And you lived it tonight. White Sox fans, you lived it tonight. I think it's. I think it could be a very, a very positive sign of things to come, perhaps, that you have a player in Yohan Moncada willing to, to, to take that extra base, willing to maybe try to play a little bit of Pedro ball out there, maybe play a little more Guardians ball out there. So we'll see if that's something we keep seeing as time goes on. Maybe it was very situational, but um, I think even though the result was he ran into an out at third base, it could be a sign of maybe a little bit of a, a mindset adjustment for this White Sox team. We got another super chat from Jack. So Lynn versus Javier tomorrow, Giolito versus Irikidi Saturday, Clevenger versus Garcia on Sunday. Uh, I did see somebody in the pregame say, if the White Sox split this series, is that a win? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, Take it's, it two or two? It's two wins. Yeah, that's two wins and two losses. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great thing. That's what you want to go on the road. No that's matter. what they did last year and everyone was pissed off. They went 500. Sure, that's yeah. also true. But I guess the point is, if if your if your goal as a team, and this is like a big baseball cliche, is win series, right? Win series. We just want to win series. Well, the the same thing that goes along with that is don't lose series. And so splitting series is is, is not bad either, especially when you're playing a very good team like the Houston Astros. Absolutely. And hey, we stra- uh, the White Sox. I was going to say we the White Sox snapped the Astros' ten game winning streak on opening day. They now tied the Boston Bean Eaters and will stay there. They will stay the dumb Bean Eaters. Uh, so. Man, you couldn't stop those Bean Eaters back in the uh, in the late 1800s. No, century. You couldn't. They were tough. <laughs> Had a bunch of Civil War vets on that team, probably. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Three finger Browns yeah, is great to throw on that that split finger. Uh, <laughs> Shout out to Luis as well for hanging out with us saying CHGO White Sox baseball is where it's at. Uh, very proud to be out here on the south side and be doing this live at the whistle with Vinny, Herb, and myself. Uh, we got some shirts to give away too. So if you're listening and want a free shirt, we have them. Feel free. There's XLs up here. We have hats. Feel free to just come up and grab it. Uh, we don't have any trivia questions. So it's a mad yeah, rush. Feel free. A mad rush. I mean, we're giving away. We're, we're very given here at CHGO. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Let you know about our fantastic sponsors over at Goose Island. Not only do they have the lovely 312, but now they have the lovely uh, 312 Raspberry. Oh, man. Uh, they got rid of my can, but uh, had, those were flowing today. Had, had more than one of those this evening. <laughs> Was that the one you were talking about? You mentioned you had some raspberry Goose Island before. Was that the same one? good stuff it's good stuff uh so you can check out the raspberry 312 the normal 312 the bull city 312 which matches the 2022 2023 city edition uniforms for the bulls there's also the black hacks black <laughs> hawks pale ale uh the bourbon county stout the beer hug ipa series the green line the matilda and the sophie goose islands two locations are ready and open to welcome you, you grab a beer right from their innovative tanks at the goose island tap room at 1800 west fulton or get a smash burger and fresh beer of the week at the original clyborne brew house at 1800 north clyborne for reservations to pick up go to gooseisland.com locations goose island beer company also around start winning so our guy alan and goose island can start having uh, bars like this packed for uh, some bulls playoff basketball got some hopefully white Sox playoff baseball coming around the corner i'll knock on wood on that one uh we also want to let you know about foco chicago we've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams that's us so get fitted in the best sports gear around foco has you covered from soldier field to the front room north or south side with hoodies signs bobbleheads and everything in between get decked out like demar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles foco that's f-o-c-o they sent us over some fantastic bobbleheads got a southpaw one he was uh vinnie's uh, guest at his wedding uh, a nice ta one <laughs> in the city connect uniforms so check out foco.com that's f-o-c-o.com or click in the description below for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off time to talk about dylan cease what a performance 10 strikeouts six and a third and he set down 19 straight batters after his first uh hitter jerry pena got on base third pitch single uh, uh slider up the middle 
19 straight batters retired after that. He went single, 19 consecutive <laughs> outs, single, hit by pitch, and was out of the game. Gone. I got to be honest. I, I get I get it. It's opening day, one of 162. I think Dylan Cease probably could have finished that inning. Yes, he could have. He was at 86 pitches. Dylan was uh, uh, over 100 on numerous occasions last year. Now, granted, it was the summer, you know, pitcher's yeah. arm is a little more limbered up come the uh, hotter months of the year. But I don't know. I, I, I And it's not it's not it's not a um, oh, my God, you did something wrong. It's just I think probably if, if I was managing, and there's a very good reason why I'm not. I probably would have left Dylan season. Yeah. At 86 pitches. I do also want to clarify uh, Casey Boguslaw, who's listening, uh, said they did challenge it. We didn't have the audio on the bar. Okay. But apparently oh, the White Sox right. did challenge well, there you go. that you I'm on play, kind of play at third. So. I'm happier. Uh, not, not, you know, they, they tried it. Why, you know, why hold on to that challenge? But appreciate uh, it, Casey. Dylan sees 86 pitches, 62 strikes, no walks. That is the stat of the day. Wow. Zero walks. <laughs> Ten zero strikeouts, walks. zero walks. The bugaboo from last year versus the best team in baseball. I know they don't have Tuve in the team, but damn it, look at that lineup. And he was sitting them down 19 in a row. Ease. Quick innings. I think, I pitched, I think he uh, had 78 pitches through six innings and those 10 strikeouts. Just a filthy game. And if we would have came here and we're doing this post-game show and Dylan Cease get lit up by this Houston Nationals team, I don't think any of us would be like, man, Dylan sucks. Or, no. man, Dylan is just not it. Like, the opposite happened. He went on the bright lights on national TV with everybody watching in a pretty much isolated game and dominated the goddamn Astros. If that's not a Cy Young performance, I don't know what is. That puts him in the in the lead right now. I know it's just one game, but people Day one. Have, but people are like, okay, this motherfucker's out here striking out the Astros like that with ease? 19 in a row, the Astros? All right, then. I guess, like I you said, the Tigers and the Orioles are next. I got a stat for you. I got a stat for you. Well, I got another one. Just passed along from, from the White Sox. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just stats, stats flying here, Herb. Uh, Dylan sees tied today. The uh, record... The White Sox record for strikeouts in the team's first game of the season. Wow. Uh, ten matched the ten strikeouts that Blackjack McDowell Ooh. logged in the first game of the 1991 campaign. Uh, there were a few guys that had nine over the years as well, but Dylan Cease now sits atop that leaderboard along with uh, with Jack McDowell. Very nice staff for you. I got another one. How many three-ball counts was Dylan Cease in? Couldn't have been many. Three. One. Wow. <laughs> One time he got to three balls. I mean, that's insane. For a guy that we talked about leading the league in walks, 76 walks last year, if he fixes this up, he could be a Cy Young winner. I brought up to you guys, can he set the franchise record of Chris Sale that he set back in two, uh, with 273 strikeouts? Can he break that record? Well, he's on pace for 320. Well, let's go. <laughs> I, I mean, if he's going seven innings already or you know, nearly seven innings, we talked about him going deeper into games possibly getting to that 200 inning mark if he gets to 200 innings he's surpassing 250 strikeouts without a doubt the way that he looked tonight he looked incredible fastball was on target slider was of course the slider but the curveball it wasn't sharp at times but sometimes it just fell off the table like the hit that jose abreu got off of him that was a curveball that was just left up a little bit and that's i think what pedro saw and he was like uh he's enough he already hit a guy and he's leaving balls up to jose abreu I don't know why he didn't throw a slider there, but, you know, I'm not Dylan Cease. Um, he probably just didn't feel it. But to give only two hits up to that Astros team and then no walks with the pinpoint control that he had today, it's going to be tough well, for Major League Baseball hitters. And that mustache jerk telling you that he's working on a changeup. He didn't throw one today. I was all talking, ready to write this big article about how his knuckle curve is going to be the big pitch, and he comes out and throws 22 of them. Uh, 26% uh, knuckle curves, 31% fastball. Uh, no, no uh, changeups that he threw, but 15 whiffs on 46 swings and a called strike plus whiff percentage of 36. Again, God league damn. average is about 29. So, I mean, he he just dominated it. He was fantastic. It was great to see. Um, he's good. And and hey, he's good. Yeah, there you go. Breaking news. Uh, but I mean, listen, I, I've been saying it in the, in the run up to the season here, and I and I and I believe it. The starting rotation could be the the thing that powers this team back to where they want to go. I mean, you saw you saw it happen in 2021. And last year, starting pitching was generally really, really good, I thought. Uh, obviously, had a guy finish second in the Cy Young vote. 
Uh, but everything else around it was not good enough to 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 get them where they wanted to be, nowhere close to it, uh, as a matter of fact. If, if you get that from Dylan Cease, now granted, you're not going to get that every night because that's just insane, but can you get something like that from Lance Lynn? Lucas Giolito is just better than he was last year. Michael Kopech is just better than he was last year. You're talking about a very, very, very good starting rotation, and that's the thing that wins championships. And I think you can get that every time because that's a real team. Like, the Royals don't have those hitters that the Astros have. So maybe not have the premium stuff, but he's, the results are the same. I think you can get uh, probably like six, seven strikeouts each time you're going out there. And if he's not walking people, it's over. Just hand him the, the award right now. <laughs> and also think about giving this man an extension. I know that, you know, Boris clients like to go to the, to the hilt and go to free agency. But, man, just talk to this man about how 200 million sound, bro? Does it sound good to 200 you? 200 million? Yeah. Uh, that, that guy's definitely making over 300 million. I mean, you saw what Justin Verlander's getting at 40. Yeah, but <laughs> he's not gotta, even 30. You've got to bring it up and say, hey, man, 200 million, start there. And if you, if you want to go 300 million, fine with me, but I don't like giving pitchers that much money for that long of a deal. You've you got to find a way to retain this guy because he's a top pitcher in the league. Those are rare. You don't want him to be leaving this team especially we might be losing Lucas Giolito after this year. We don't know what Michael Kopech is. Mike Clevenger is a question mark. So starting pitching depth might be great right now, and they might be the top of the AL Central, but it can go away really quickly. Locking this guy up is a priority in this next offseason. And just for more C stats, uh, last year uh, when he hit 62 strikes in a game, 97 pitches, 95 pitches, 101, 104. Uh, 62 strikes and only 86 pitches would be the the highest strike percentage that he had all of last year. And the only start last year that he had with no walks uh, was May 2nd, seven innings, one hit, no earned runs, no walks, 11 Ks versus the Angels. So this is a career start from fantastic stuff. Work smarter, not harder. I, I, <laughs> I, know I, I know I bring it up a lot, but they're playing the Astros, so I'll bring it up again. I go back to 2021, and I think about that four-game series in, in right. June in Houston, and I think about the four games they played in the playoffs against this Houston team, and where was the starting pitching? In, in those eight games, you got one good starting pitching performance from Carlos Rodon, and that was it. Guess what Dylan Cease just did tonight? He set a tone that could that could be fouled. We always talk about this being contagious, right? Starting pitching. Right. Take the baton from the guy in front of you. Have a little friendly competition. Maybe Lance Lynn wants to go there and out-duel Dylan Cease. Lucas Giolito wants to go out there and out-duel Lance Lynn. Uh, this is very different tonight than from what those starting pitching performances were the last in, in some of the last few times that they've gone down to Houston and played in that that team in that environment all right I want to go to some uh first impressions just kind of some quick rapid fire stuff we'll go down the lineup uh if anything stood out uh Tim looked like Tim yep he walked he walked so that's good so he looked even a little not like Tim yeah. I mean if you recall back to the WBC when you get the home run from Trey Turner how'd that inning start off Tim Anderson walked mm -hmm. sure. And that's why I was so mad when the WBC championship versus Japan, they take him out of the game. And I know that McNeil still got on base, but Tim's an igniter. We all know that. He's an igniter. He starts off no matter what. And he started it today. Got the walk. And the only one who walked in the White Sox is Tim Anderson. Right. And in the clutchest of moments, weird. too. Right. The, in the, the moment that they needed it, too. I mean, like, that, that, that's huge. Yeah. Against Presley. And that. That's the other thing, too, is you just load up Presley on his pitches. And that's the one thing that I felt like they could have done in, uh, on Valdez before he left the game was even Vaughn ends up going up there with, I think, bases loaded and two outs. He's at, like, pitch 81. He swings at the first pitch. It's like, all right, like, the White Sox do need to just kind of reel it back, slow it down. Like, you have the pitcher exactly where you want him. Running out of gas, a long inning, and you can't help them out by swinging first pitch. Obviously, hopefully they, they start cleaning that up. And Pedro Grafal has talked about making those mistakes so you can then make that teach or have that teaching moment. So again, you know, it's not long way to on go. Day one, right? long way to go. Still it's day 100, one. 161 more games, but it feels a lot better than last year when you know we were losing 11-1 to the Guardians in the first month. Like, and, and obviously that was after a six and four start. So I, I mean, so, you know, the start of the season wasn't that bad last year. Took a couple games to get the, the ball going in, in the wrong direction there. But, uh, yeah, T.A. walking was huge. Sean really uh, bringing everybody down. My bad. Like, remember <laughs> last year when they won a few games at the start of the year? Well, it could all go to hell tomorrow. Well, I'll bring it back up. <laughs> the White Sox won. <laughs> They're 1-0. Uh, Luis Robert Jr., two hits, one run, four at-bats, one K. What do we make of him? 
he had a 3-2 count to start the uh, his first at-bat. He got to a 3-2 count. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was a little bit worried about him and Tim going 1-2 in the batting order. Their aggression, but, I mean, Luis at least got to a 3-2 count, which I was happy, and Tim got to three, ball, three balls to draw the walk. So, I'm all right. Yeah, you look good. You looked all right. I mean, I expect more out of right there and so yeah getting those uh seeing eye singles that he did awesome and his uh blazing speed the score on the andrew vaughn double top notch that's what we need from that guy i wonder what the uh miles per hour on that because the man was low flying <laughs> yeah they don't have that yet on stack cast we'll, we'll figure out if that was a sprint not, or not uh if you could beat him in a 40-yard dash uh we did see uh jose Abreu beat yasmani grandal in the back as well which was nice uh, out of jimenez mancada and benatendi anything else stand out from those three Matata had that massive fly ball or foul ball that he almost hit deep. Yes, in fact, the, yeah, the, the was watching the game with somebody who said, "Up, oh, and there's a concession worker who is who is dead." <laughs> <laughs> I took the more the more reasonable approach of saying, "Oh no, there's just nacho cheese everywhere." But yeah, some 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 folks like the darker humor. Eight guys left on base for Aloy Jimenez as the guy who's going to be the cleanup hitter more often than not. You know, much is expected, and in those positions, you have to come through. So. I know tonight was probably not his night, so more often than not, I need to have him as the enforcer. I think he came up with the bases loaded and he struck out, so yeah, I need him to be Dwight, better. Oh, he grounded out once and struck out. And then, and, but both of them with two outs, too, so it's like the White Sox, you know, even though they got the bases loaded, it's just like, you know, not really taking advantage of it, because I think even some of it, uh, it was first and third with no outs, and they weren't able to get anyone well, across the plate. As you look back at the Yasmani Grandal home run, Look at the guy who gets smoked in the face by Yasmani's home run. Awesome. Wow. The guy in the orange shirt, he just gets, he tries to catch Ugh. the ball and it goes shorter Bring and your gloves. right in the face. Ugh. It's just so sweet. The, the, <laughs> the thing I'll say about Aloy, too, is that her, her, we talked the other day about how Aloy is not just that one trick pony with the power, right? I mean, he's a guy who can hit for a really high average. I mean, a very limited sample size, but the guy almost hit for 500, almost hit 500 in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, he's the guy you want up in that situation, and he doesn't need to hit a grand slam. He just needs to poke the ball into the outfield, and we know that he can do that. So, you know, I'm not saying that he was going up there with the wrong approach or anything like that, but you'd like to think that there's a lot of different ways that Aloy could beat a pitcher and bring a run, at least a run home in that situation, and both times he comes up and, and, and he, he can't uh, deliver. Yeah, tough spot. But uh, exit velocities of 109.4, 96.8, 93.5. Uh, balls hit 100 miles per hour or harder. Uh, exit velocity, White Sox had 11 of those 18. So, uh, again, uh, hard hip contact for the Sox. Like I said, the White the Sox dominated that game except for the scoreboard until they eventually took over. But they were killing the Astros. They were the better team for the most, most of the night. Yeah, three runs, 11 hits. Astros, two runs, four hits, and two errors. I mean, that that... Jordan Alvarez home run was absolutely massive. Uh, did you take anything from Elvis Andres' first game at second base? Smooth. Yeah, I mean, they, they turned a double play at one point where I think mm -hmm. he was the pivot man on. The, uh, Moncada started Moncada it. Moncada right, to right, Andres to Vaughn. Right, right after that Moncada uh, out at third base that he ran into, uh, he had two very nice plays in the following inning. The first one was the double play, and then he threw out Jose Abreu, I believe it was, mm -hmm. um, uh, later in the game as well. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, finally, Romy and Oscar Colas. We kind of see Romy come up. He had a single in, in one of his at-bats, and then Oscar Colas comes in off the bench for the lefty relief, and he gets a hit of his own. So I I'm, I'm excited for these young kids. I mean, I, I don't think that we've seen a ton from Romy Gonzalez to write him off yet. Um, we obviously haven't seen a ton from Oscar Colas, but 109 on his first hit is pretty promising. So, uh, hey, we'll see how right field goes, but it, I feel a lot better than it than Adam Eaton, Nomar Mazzara. Oh like, there's some there's some hope and promise here in right field. Which we is actually got a right fielder? Yeah, what? we might. We, we uh, can uh, command a, a bat, crush a ball, 109, <laughs> right back up the box. Who was that, Hector Norris? Yes. Mercy. Yeah, and Hector Norris with that nice little split change as well. I'm just uh, very interested to see what the, what the, what the playing time is going to be like out there. I mean, is this just a – you know, merry-go-round whenever, whatever the situation dictates, not just from one game to the next, but from one at bat to the next, who's going to be playing out there in right field. Uh, maybe this is a, a, a good thing for Pedro Grafal that he has some options to turn to. And our guy uh, Jimbo called that. He said that Oscar Colas was going to come in the game <laughs> right when he did. And then he also, he was uh, egging you on a little bit. He said 
when Andrew Vaughn hit that double. Before that, he's like, hey, it's Gavin Sheets' time. Take him out. Take Andrew Vaughn out. And then here comes Andrew Vaughn uh, knocking that run in. Uh, I also feel like I, I, I did Reynaldo dirty because I was like, hey, he only allowed one home run last year, uh, and, and he got his allowance in game oh, one. Yeah, you said that early. I was like, oh, okay, uh, here we go. And he it took him deep. Uh, we do have a super chat from our guy Joey who helped us set out here, uh, set up here at the whistle. Uh, five dollar super chat saying Herb should definitely maybe chug a beer. Uh, so there you go. Uh, I have to drive back to the suburbs, oh, to the north side. So no, from no. the suburbs, we're in the suburbs. We are. <laughs> you guys want me to get thrown in jail? Come on, no, we don't no. want that. Uh, you're gonna have does. to sit. You have to sit in traffic on the Kennedy for about two hours, more than likely, even though it's the middle of the night now. Should be all right. Fingers crossed. Uh, <laughs> before we get out of here, we mentioned the lefty right up, uh, the lefty righty thing. Uh, Christian Javier will be on the bump tomorrow for the Astros. He is a righty. So, do we expect Oscar Colas? Do we expect Gavin Sheets, who didn't get any playing time? What do we expect from right field tomorrow? I don't know what to expect. Right. Uh, per, perhaps it's a little easier if you if you pour into the numbers a little bit. what his lineups look like over a lengthy period of time, who gets the majority of those starts. Maybe it is Oscar Colas at the end of the day, and it's just today that matchup dictated that it would be Romy Gonzalez. Maybe there will be a matchup, be it tomorrow or down the line, that dictates that it's Gavin Sheets. Probably see Eloy Jimenez out there more than once, I would imagine, but um, we'll, we'll just have to see how it plays out. I think it'll probably be the most interesting thing from a lineup standpoint is, hey, who's in right field today, at least through these first couple weeks of the season? And that's the move. They have Eloy Jimenez sit out tomorrow because his bats look not great, even though he hit the ball really hard. I'm playing Oscar Colas every day. Every day? Every day. Even though Romy looked all right? <laughs> Romy's a backup yeah. every day of the year. He's a backup, and he's ben, a good backup. Ben Zobers was an MVP. Stop it. A World Series Please MVP. stop it. I hate that they call him Ben Zobers. That man won two two World Series and was the MVP of the other one. The writing should have been on the wall that he was going to be on the team when Rick Hahn's like, oh, I had one of the guys work out with him, and he came into my office and said, you can't trade him. Like, we, we should have known the writing was on the wall there. I have a but question. then he also ultimately went and got Elvis Andres. Like, right. come on through. Well, again, and like if you told me at the end of the season last year that Romy Gonzalez would be in the starting lineup and not playing second base, I would have just looked at you funny, but... Here we are in opening day. He's in right field getting the start. Uh, our guy John was wondering, are you wearing the purple shoes? No. Oh, no purple I've shoes I've got tonight. new ones. Bye, Janice. Bye, Janice. I've got, Bye, Janice. Uh, I've got a new blue set for uh, for the new season here. I, I took them down to test drove them in spring training, of course, but, <laughs> I've, but I've got them uh, some new light blue ones, some Carolina blues, if you will. Very nice. Uh, and then I've got a, uh, a special pair still sitting in a box at home somewhere that I'll bust out at Ooh. some point this summer. We love a special pair. All right, we'll see, we'll see Vinny's shoes throughout the season. Uh, again, Lance Lynn on the bump tomorrow. Christian Javier for the Astros. White Sox win one, or sorry, three to two, and they improve to one and zero oh on the season. We will be with you tomorrow, and we don't have an off day until April 7th. So we have a ton of opening week and home opener coverage for you. We will be covering all of the games against the Giants. Very excited to be back here in uh, 2023, back covering actual baseball. Very, very excited. Tomorrow, we will be live uh, pregame show. Where is tomorrow's date? There it is. Uh, we'll be live with pregame show at 6.30 and then a postgame show, not at 10 o'clock because these games are moving super fast. Pitch clock for MVP. <laughs> Absolutely. Loved my pitch clock. Loved that experience. We'll talk more about how the rules will be affecting the game. But Overall success for Pedro Grafal in his first game. Uh, not not too much to take away from Pedro's managerial style, I think, just because it's a, a very small sample. I'm sure I can tell you what he's thinking right now, which is, yeah, of course it's a success, Sean, because they're one and zero. Right. And I think, and I think that's all the fans care about too. To be quite honest with you, I think you know if they go, if, if, there's going to be some frustration over lineups and pitching changes and stuff. That's the life of a major league manager. But uh, I think if the wins come. Fans are going to notice a, uh, a difference, quite honest, obviously, because the, the wins didn't come uh, enough last year. But if the wins come, I think they will feel that he is doing a fantastic job. I didn't necessarily agree with them taking out Cease, but I didn't think it was egregious. I thought, it, you know, uh, you know, reasonable minds can differ on that. It's day one, too. Exactly. Yeah. And so the man pitched, what, 86 pitches. Take him out. You see him just hit a guy, and they give up a hanging curveball to Jose Abreu. Take him out. That's fine. But two hours and 38 minutes. 
keep this shit going. Bro. Love it. Keep this on. Let's go. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic to see. And we'll see Lance Lynn attacking players tomorrow. It might okay, even go even still here. quicker. Uh, yeah, we're going to wrap it up. We got 300 people watching now live on YouTube. 166 likes. Make sure that you are hitting that like button. We are getting closer and closer to 30,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, too. So make sure you are subscribing so you don't miss any of our pregame and postgame action coming to you over the next week for the White Sox start of Guys, the season. before we wrap, we do have two more Super Chats we got to oh. hit. One from Bologna Fonseca, who's here right now. He said, Tusk 2023 rally song. That's it, guys. It's the new Don't Stop Believing. Get on board early. And I have, I have the – If I know that when they put it out, they overpriced it. It was like 50 bucks. They spent a ton of money on the album. I whittled it down to the nine best songs. It's under 40 minutes. It's very the uh, Anderson cut. It's it's very digestible. So <laughs> if trash. you guys want Tusk Two, check it out. You haven't tried Tusk Two, but uh, Tusk Redo. <laughs> shout out to Baloney uh, for playing Tusk to get that uh, rally started. And then we got another one. And one more from Jared. He says, "Great job building the community last season. Looking forward to a great year with you guys again." Oh, thank you, Jared, and we appreciate seeing your face uh, consistently all throughout the off season and uh, in our chat. Even if you weren't out here at the whistle, it's great to see Jimbo. Great to see uh, all the Southside bums. Uh, Vinny's wife, we got to meet uh, <laughs> Claire, which is great. All, all my family as well. Uh, Missy's in the house. Missy, uh, Carol as well. Janice and uh, Salim as well. The uh, champion, Allie. Our guy, Big Dave. Yeah, Allie White Sox and uh, uh, Matt Ramsey. ton of people out here supporting us. Uh, we appreciate you guys, the community. Hopefully, we can keep can bringing you White Sox win. Uh, I mean, we're not the players, so I guess we really won't be winning those games. But Stokes drove up here from LaSalle, Peru. Yeah, seriously. Uh, uh, it's great. Great to see the, the, the support. There's no better way to say that now. We will be with you for the free game at 630. What are you laughing at? Oh, and then, the, yeah, you want to flash that, Stephen? Uh, in 2022, we, we went pretty crazy. I, I shaved my head live on a podcast. Uh, Herb fell on his face. Uh, and Vinny was pretty respectable and professional. But, uh, hey. I'm going to do what I can. We're going to do it again. <laughs> yeah, they just have you scorning us. I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. Someone's, someone's got to be the grown-up. Hey, we love it. Uh, <laughs> and, you're, and wearing a Tom Petty shirt and your purple shoes. Uh, so appreciate everyone hanging out with us in the chat. We will be with you tomorrow again for 6.30 pregame. Lance Lynn versus Christian Javier. White Sox win 3-2 to two and start the season 1-0. to nothing. Thank you to the whistle for uh, setting this up. Appreciate it very much. Goose Island as well for heading, uh, you know, for, for getting everyone out here and, and setting this up. It was a, a fantastic, fantastic event, and hopefully we'll bring you more throughout the season. We have more hats up here as well, so if you want a shirt or a hat uh, or just hats, uh, come up and – And mini Minoso plaque over there. And a mini Minoso plaque. So here you go. Get some free stuff if you guys want. We're going to sign off. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing the show. Thank you to Joey Spathis for getting us set up here at the whistle. Thank you to Kevin and Jake and Casey for all the work that they did behind the scenes as well. Uh, thank you to Chris Pankow and uh, our guy uh, Spencer, who helped work with Goose Island to get this all set up. And thank you to everyone for showing up at the whistle. It was fantastic. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can Thanks follow to him on parents. at HectorWall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. Your CHGO White Sox host. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And thank you again to uh, John Froelich for uh, absolutely for, uh, just absolutely feeding us today with the massive, massive known as pizzas. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox.